0: How do you even start a business anyway? This is the Kawartha Small Business Podcast, and we've got business conversations for the Kawartha Commute. I'm Brian Rump from U Group.
1: And I'm Matt Garrity from Matt EG Digital. How do I even start a business anyway? Is probably the most asked question I ever get from people. And I just feel like it's such a loaded question that I'm sometimes like flabbergasted and I don't even know how to reply. And then I sound like a doofus because there's just so many things to consider. Uh, I made notes before we started this. I will say I'm looking at Brian's notes and ours are very different and Brian's are very long. And it just kind of just goes to show the perspective of um, what is the most important things to do when starting a business. So I'll throw that right back to you, Brian. Like, where would you start if you were starting a business?
0: So I do have some long notes, but if we want to really simplify it, have you ever seen any of those um, like beach body memes on social video? I think so. It's like how to get a beach body.
1: Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like
0: have a body, go to the beach. So <laughs> how do I start a business? It's like start a business. So from a very... Basic level, uh, you could start a business in Canada. Our barriers to starting a business at the most basic level are very, very low. It can get a bit more complicated. Uh, it's kind of funny because you know the government's like, you know, we'd like you to have a business and we'd like you to pay taxes. We're not really going to exactly tell you how to do it, but we'll put a bunch of stuff out there and you could figure it out, and then you know report to us how much you know, you make and what you do. Uh, So that's where, you know, we can really jump into uh, some of the legalities, but really from the, the core start is start your business. And I'd like to maybe, you know, talk a bit about what is a business and, you know, what it is, you know, what are the, maybe the core things you need to start. So, I mean, for me, you know, a business really comes down to trading value for money. So you're mm-hmm. trading, you're solving somebody's problem for them and you're getting money in return for that. Um, some people, you know, help their neighbor unload their truck and they get paid with pizza or, you know, a little bit of money. You know, at the fundamental level, that's a business. Do you need to necessarily... um do all the other stuff on the list and make it official. Probably not. Um, I think you probably want to early on define, you know, what's a business versus maybe a hobby or even a chair charity. Right. Uh, I I use the word charity or subsidy because there's a lot of people who get into a business and they kind of love doing it, but they don't really price it properly and they end up not making money or losing money. Mm -hmm. Um, doing stuff for people. So that's not really a business either. So I think for you know our conversation, we want to talk about a business as something that you want to make a part of your living or all of your living.
1: For sure. And I approach that question always of how do I start my business from a marketing perspective? And, and I I've think got...
0: that's not the number one spot. So as much as my list is long, Marketing, like you know, you're the marketing guy. I have some finance, but I think marketing is, yeah, top. So let's uh, let's hear what you have to
1: say. But within my top five was exactly what you just described. I have written down here like products slash services. You have to determine right away, as silly as this sounds, what is your business? What are you offering people? What are you trading? What did you say? Um, commerce for value. Or value for money. Value for money. That's much simpler than what I did. <laughs> but yeah, you need to determine like, what is it that I've got here? Do I have a background in this product service? Do I have a passion for this product service? And how am I able to trade money for value here? And i that was obviously the thing that probably attracted me. First to my business, of course was a bit of a background in digital marketing. And then, of course, like a big passion around it and recognizing uh, I I have the tools to take this to the next level and go out on my own. And I spent a lot of time thinking about what are the services that I can offer. I also think this is something that people might get bogged down in right away, where they might even spend too much time thinking about products and services So like, I recognize, okay, I'm going to do digital marketing, but then within digital marketing or internet marketing or whatever you want to refer to it, what am I going to offer? That's what I spent a little bit of time on. And this is where, again, I think people get super bogged down. I spent a little bit of time defining, these are the few things that I I know I can do and I love to do. But I also became really interested in something called like product market fit. And I'll let Brian define this any better uh, because he's much smarter than I, especially when it comes to definitions and acronyms. but what uh, product market fit is basically instead of you telling the consumer what you offer, the consumer tells you what you should offer. Does that sound right? yeah,
0: I think uh you know that sort of term is um I'm not familiar with the exact definition. Uh, I love the word fit though. My colleague uh, at Fleming College, Wayel, and I try to teach our one class, you know, the magic word is fit. Mm. And it's usually in the the context of strategy and does your, you know, actions fit your strategy? You know, does your product fit the market? So, you know, really it's all about the customer and they may not know exactly what they need, but they usually know, Or have an idea of what maybe the problem they're trying to solve is Mm -hmm. or what the pain is that they're they're trying to solve. So, you know, they're not just magically reaching out to you and stumbling across you, like there's a pain there. So you're trying to, you know, find what that fit is as a business that's going to solve that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the
0: The more clearly you can communicate that you know, the better it is, or they understand right away. It's like, you know, they have a problem. They're not exactly sure what they need. Maybe they know some internet marketing buzzwords, but as soon as you put it in front of them clearly, they're Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that's what I need.
1: Exactly. Or even to make it more simple, I've used this analogy before. Like if you are a company that sells exclusively red t-shirts and people are like, really into your t-shirts, but everyone is asking for green t-shirts. And you're like, no, 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 no. We exclusively sell red t-shirts. You are not listening to your consumer. You are not adhering to product market fit or whatever. You're not actually listening to what people are demanding and asking of you. And your business is probably ultimately going to fail because you are not honestly able to... Help the people that are trying to purchase from you. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I had like a couple of things out of the gate that I would wanted to focus on, and I liked doing. But I was very much a yes man when I started my business, and it was a lot of people. Hey, do you do this? I was like, yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
1: never done it. Um, I kind of let them know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I was spent the time. Learning, training myself on it It took a lot longer, like four to six times longer, if I recall, to do a lot of the work than it does now. Um, But it's all a matter of finding out like what people want to focus on. For instance, I never foresaw myself being so involved in social media marketing of all things. And now that's the thing that people are literally the most interested in. And they come to me for social media marketing. That is what their demand is, and that's where I take it, and that's where what we do now. And um, it was surprising because that was something I thought would be like really small um, from where I came from with a couple different agencies. It's not the biggest driver of a lot of things, but it's just interesting to see like that's where it's almost evolved to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I think you know when you're starting a business, you have to be both open to doing that and doing different things, but also setting your boundaries as well. So you're yeah. not sort of jumping all over the place, but, you know, clearly communicating what it is you're doing. What's the purpose of that business? Uh, you know, the next step I think really is, um, uh, you know, for, uh, if we're talking in general and lots of businesses is then quickly figuring out if you have any major compliance Issues. So are you doing anything that requires a special license mm. or a health unit? So if you're like, hey, I want a coffee shop, like I can't just go open a coffee shop on the street, right? Or, you know, if I have a passion for making ice cream, you know, there's rules for uh, that industry, you know. Thanks, quickly, government. Yeah, like I could make ice cream in my restaurant and sell it to you. But I, you know, I can't make it in my restaurant and sell it at a store somewhere different because there's rules for, you know, where that has to be made, how it has to be transported, all of that stuff. So you got to find out what those compliance uh, standards are. Sometimes they're a little bit tricky, but usually there's, um, some helpers available. You just have to find the people that will guide you down that path, uh, it could be somebody in the same industry. Uh, maybe you don't want to go to a competitor right next door, but you know, in another town over or somewhere, you you could find people that are going to help you. Just determine those major, you know, compliance things. You know, can I do this business, right. or am I going to run into um, big problems? Do I need a license from the city? To do it. So, digital marketing, you don't need a license from the city to do it. No. If you wanted to operate a taxi cab, you would definitely need a license from the city uh, to do it. So, you know, understanding some of that basic stuff.
1: Where would you go to ask those questions? Like, would you go to someone like yourself? Would you be talking to? I ask my accountant weird questions. I ask my insurance broker weird questions. I don't have a lawyer. But I've thought about like, getting a lawyer on retainer or something to ask questions like that.
0: So that's an awesome question. And I really like it because I think there's lots of knowledgeable people and you need maybe a couple of them to see what they say, where they can steer you in the right direction. Um, if you're really good at it, you know, Google is a great spot as well, um, But sometimes, you know, municipal websites, government websites are a little bit hard to navigate. Um, uh, When I first was in um, business um, school and college, I remember learning about your friends as a business owner and your friends were your accountant, your lawyer and your banker. Right. (laughs) Um, That said, you have to choose carefully. A lot of accountants are tax preparers, and they're great at preparing taxes, but they don't necessarily know, you know, how to manage a business. Sure. And, and, but then there's some who are very entrepreneurial. They can add, you know, a lot of value to that. Um, I've, I have met a lot of accountants who focus so much on taxes and like sort of reduction that they they can't see the future. Right. They score keep the past so much, but it's hard to see the future. You know, bankers as well. A lot of bankers are, you know, and I was a banker, you know, and the pressure is to be a salesperson in disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have an interest in it, you know, that you can find good ones and bad ones. And the same is with lawyers. There's great lawyers who, you know, understand small business. I could, you know, help you out and others who um, maybe, aren't or they really want to sell you you know an incorporation package that creates you know big fancy shareholder agreements and sure file some intellectual property patents and you know do lots of things that you don't necessarily need to do right away as a startup um so you know be cautious you're ultimately the one in charge but ask around seek help and usually you'll get pointed in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And I have a group of colleagues, friends, some mentors that I will often reach out to. You have to be cautious with those people too, because in a lot of cases, it's their own feelings and their own opinions on certain things. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Everyone's biased.
1: Yeah. And then you quickly learn within that group, like you do want people that will say no to you, but you also need people that are going to be encouraging you and and holding you up to a certain standard and um pushing you and motivating you like you don't need people that are be actually like discouraging or detrimental to your growth just yeah. something to like take very close attention to right away
0: although it is nice to have that conversation and i'm very good at this where it's like here's why you will fail mm. and then being able to overcome that yeah. so quitting it all out here's all the barriers you're going to have. This is going to be sort of tough. If your idea is good and you're willing to go over that, then that's awesome. And then you at least know what to expect. Um, What I find and having coached a lot of um, business owners is when things start going bad, there's a lot of times where they'll say, how come nobody told me this? Yeah. And it's like, especially for people who should have known. And that's where, like, I try to be candid as much as I can and put it all out there. And it's not to be mean or anything. I love small businesses and I love people being successful. But I also really hate watching people sort of burn money. Yeah. Something that ends up closing down. And it really bugs me, you know, when I have those conversations and then two years later someone closes a business and they've lost you know a hundred grand or some insane amount of money uh like i feel physically ill (laughs) it's good to it's good to get you know that um type of information but at the core level start your business Uh, yeah especially if it doesn't cost a lot to get going or you can walk away fast If you fall on your face and you can go get another job right away, you know, you might as well start your business. If you need a lot of capital, uh, for example, I've seen a lot of people start like, you know, businesses with heavy equipment and right out of the gate, they've got, you know, 80 grand loan. That's a couple grand a month payments. Yikes. So. That, that's where you need to spend a little bit of time to really, you know, put a few more ducks in order. A um, couple sort of just some quick hits, things to think about. Um, think about registering your name. That's a big one that people aren't sure about. You know, if it's a quick, simple business, you know, you're Maddie G from Maddie G Digital. Um you know, you register that name as a sole proprietor so you can accept a check as Maddie G Digital. Uh, when I was at the bank, people would come in with checks for, say, Matty G Digital. And just because you call yourself that doesn't mean that's who you are. Uh, so make sure if you're, you know, if you're going to go by a name, register it. If you're not, just accept, you know, personal checks. You can do activity that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I went through that process, of course, when I started. And um, you can obviously register through the government. Um, but I found it wasn't difficult, but just like any government website, it had its challenges and obstacles. And then I started seeing ads for this service called Owner, O W N R dot co. And they helped you register a business. It's like ten dollars more than it would be through the government. You're able to do it um, throughout like twenty four hours a day, which uh, through the government site you're not actually able to do. If I recall, Um, they made the process really simple, really easy. Um, It it cost, like I said, like think it was ten dollars more than normal, like eighty bucks. But then I found out owner is owned by RBC. I'm not affiliated with RBC at all, but I will shout them out. And what they said is if you go into an RBC three months, within three months of opening or registering your business on owner and open a completely free business account, free to open, free monthly, they give you the 80 bucks back. So, like, hey, I registered nigga. my business, it was a lot easier to do. And it ended up being completely free. And then I ended up getting this RBC business account that I use for all my expenses. Um, they threw a credit card at me. Like I walked right in there, which is maybe a conversation for a different day, but they basically just threw credit at me. <laughs> uh, it was like, it was a cool experience. And like, I've been with another bank my entire life. And this is kind of felt like a trader going in there. But I, I thought it was a great service and like really easy for people to use.
0: That's awesome. Sounds like owner owes us a lunch or yeah. <laughs> sponsorship money. That's a really good point because I haven't heard that and haven't went through that experience. Um, and, and you know, be I would say usually be cautious for those types of businesses. But you know, that sounds like a good uh, and it's a reasonable fee as well. Because mm-hmm. again, a lot of the government websites aren't really that complicated. But if you're not used to doing it, then you like, don't understand what the questions mean. So like, yes, I can, I've, and I've done this with several small business owners where I will just, they'll come and we'll walk through it together um, as part of helping them open the business. But that sounds like a great, uh, great service for sure. Uh, So yeah, register your name. That's kind of the simplest thing you do. You figure out if you need permits, Uh, a lot of common questions too. is like, do I need to charge HST? Mm. Um, the quick answer that I always give, again, if you plan to make a living out of this business, yeah. register for HST. Again, it's fairly simple. It's a website. Start charging it right from the start. And that way you don't have to have the awkward conversation with your client about, hey, I forgot to charge you HST. Can you please um, you know, pay me for it? Or what they see as like a price increase. Uh, that said, If your business is a hobby and you're under a certain uh, revenue threshold, you don't necessarily uh, need to do that. But I just, to me, it's cleaner if you do it from the start.
1: Yeah, I super agree with you. I didn't want to have to deal with any messes down the road. So I applied for HST, if not the first day of my business, the first week. Funny, they make that a lot easier to apply for and figure out than registering your business. Um, But you do not need to submit HST until you make 30 grand in a year, but you can voluntarily start paying toward it. And that's what I did. I recommend it because like you said, Brian, all of a sudden, however quickly your business scales and grows, like you could be have giving a price increase to your clients three months, six months, twelve months from now, and yes, it's HST, and a lot of them will understand like they're going to get that back. However, if it is is two B,
0: but if yeah. you're, I've I've been a customer at a place before, and it's like, uh, you know, you pay your fee, you get used to it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, by the way, we have to start charging HST now, so you know yeah. everyone sees that as a price increase for sure even though technically it's not we're just charging you tax now in reality
1: it is because it's how our our brains work yeah for sure so um i feel like we're running out of time for this Kawartha commute and i do have a lot more points so maybe like okay. i can like quickly hit on them and we yeah, can always let's,
0: uh yeah. Do some quick hits on those.
1: So from again, like a marketing perspective, once you've figured out your products and services and what you're going to sell uh, now is when you can start to work on your website and we can have this conversation, honestly, in another podcast too, because people yeah, like, well,
0: we can definitely do that.
1: Yeah, I don't like people are like, well, do I need a website? Uh, no, you don't need a website, but you are completely tying your hands down the road from a marketing and growth perspective if you don't have a website. Um, From there, I always now think about two things that people will not always consider to be marketing, but your elevator pitch and your business card. So you start your business, you know what you're going to sell, you know a little bit about it because you put your website together. Now you're in the grocery line or the coffee line and people you, you start chatting with someone that you know or you don't know and you tell them hey i own this business and they're like oh cool what's your business about and you're like blah blah, blah, blah. and you fumble with it you yeah. look like a doofus so like you need to get that elevator pitch down like something in 30 seconds i know i think definitions like almost 60 seconds but i'm big on like it does it needs to be, like, should be like shorter sentence. now yeah.
0: like um you know i think uh i've heard 10 seconds like Yeah. Uh, And I've caught a bit of, um, you know, the 10 second version.
1: Awesome. So So, so yeah, like my elevator pitch now and it's evolved like probably three times in the last year and a half where I basically describe that I'm Matt Garrity from Matty G Digital and I'm a buzzword free common sense digital marketer helping businesses grow online with ads, email, search engines, and social media. And that's it. It yep, kind of wraps it all up, makes sense to people, and you want to be able to quickly explain what your business does.
0: Awesome. I like that. Yeah, and,
1: websites good. And then of course is like your business card, and people don't think about that as a marketing piece. But also now you've had that conversation with people and they're like, well, tell me you're legit. <laughs> Leave me some sort yeah. of information. And you're not going to be walking around like the 80s with a briefcase full of pamphlets, but you should be able to carry around everywhere you go a business card that you can tell people, like, here's how you get a hold of me. Here's my telephone number. Here's my email address. Here's my website. And that's basically it on there. Uh, And then something we kind of touched on, like it might be a bit of a, a prospect list, but the last thing I thought about from a business perspective when you're starting And it is marketing, maybe a bit more sales, but it's a prospect list of coming up with who are you going to reach out to? And that was one of the things I did when I early recognized that I was going to be starting a business sometime in the near future. I came home and I wrote a list of a full page of stuff of names of people that I knew that owned businesses past colleagues, past associates, all that kind of stuff that I was going to reach out to when I started my business. And day one is when I started all that. I reached out to all those people. Um, Again, you're you're telling them that you're in business, you're introducing them to the business. Um, I had wicked success out of the gate because of that, because all those relationships that I built. And um, don't take those for granted. I think sometimes we think that um, it might be embarrassing or we seem like we're begging to tell like the people that we know, friends, family, past associates that we now have a business, but- You like, got
0: to it from the rooftops. Yeah.
1: Like it's your livelihood now and you need to go to these people that you have past relationships with. Like what's the point of building any sort of relationship if you can't go and reach out to them when you need them the most?
0: Oh, Definitely.
1: So I think that's incredibly important from, um, st- like a starting a business perspective. And those five might not be as complicated or confusing as like a most people might think of, like you said, like there's a, there's a hundred thousand things to think about when you yeah, start. Yeah, there's a million. Yeah.
0: Or yeah, there's just a lot of decisions, you know, as you get further down it and, you know, we'll talk, you know, we've talked about some of them we'll talk about more, um, there's a lot of things we can go into it. You know, the first few steps are just getting moving. Yeah. Cover off the stuff you have to cover off. Some of it's quick. Some of it takes a bit more thought, but again, really just, you know, start your business and, you know, get going, uh, and get selling, right. Marketing is super important. There's a lot of, um, activities as you've noted through there that fall under that bucket, but, You know, it helps get your message out there and starts bringing in sales, which is what you need to um, run your whole business.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like the last thing I want to say on it and to summarize is to build on what you said and throughout is put your head down, figure out what you want to sell, and then start telling people about it. It's actually that simple. That's all you need to do.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, that's good. That's simple. and It sounds like we've got our commute finished and uh, episode for me. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, if you'd like to talk about this some more, uh, reach out to us, and we will definitely set that up. Thank you.